Hey everybody, welcome to The Foundry. My name is Matt Kuman. I'm the group's pastor here, and I am so excited to continue this series today. We are in a series on relationships to others. Um, throughout this series, we've looked at what it means to have a relationship with your parents and spouses, and uh, we've been working through children now. And what we realize is that we have so many different intersections and interactions in our lives, especially with the people close to us. Um, so those interactions matter. How we have those interactions matter. And how we respond to people and train people and have conversations matter. Um, so we get to continue that today as we talk about children. Um, but one thing that I want to note um, is that as I was preparing this, I honestly feel like I don't have any authority to speak on children and how to train up your kids. Um, I right now have a seventh month, seven month old. I mean, I feel like I am raising her in a fantastic way, but I, I don't have the authority to speak on what it means to train your kids up, what it means to train them up, because I, I haven't done that yet. Um, I actually, after we had brought McKenna home from the hospital, she was a bit early, so we had to feed her every two hours. We had to feed her. I didn't have to do much at all. But uh, Jillian had to feed her every two hours. And about three weeks in at doing that, um, your body's just beat. You're tired. And there was a moment we were laying in bed. We were asleep. And the light, light was just starting to come. I think it was like 6 a.m. And Jillian wakes up um, and shakes me awake. Where is McKenna? And I'm still in that daze where it's like, what? And I, I'm kind of feeling around the bed thinking she had maybe brought her in bed. I'm like, she's right here. And it was a pillow. And Jillian looks at me like, um, help me. I don't know where she is. And then being the loving father and concerned father I was at that point, I looked over the side of the bed like she had fallen off. She's not down there, sweetie. She's not down. And like the loving father I was, Jalen runs off into the nursery. Jalen completely forgot that she had brought McKenna back into the nursery at some point. And so that, that being said, I do not have the authority to tell you how to train up your children. Uh, I have had many experiences where I'm like, that's probably not the right thing to do as a dad. But one thing uh, I do know and one thing we've realized throughout this series is that authority doesn't need to come from us. It doesn't have to come from me or Eric. It comes from the word of God. Um, and I think there are some really good things that we're going to be spending some time on in Colossians and in Proverbs today that are really helpful for how we should teach and how we should train up our kids uh, for what's coming in the future. So I strongly encourage you, don't, don't take my words as, as gospel. Take the gospel as gospel. Take these words as God's words and put them in your heart for what it means to move forward with what it looks like for your kids. Um, and I also want to say too, if you don't have kids yet, or if you're not even planning on having kids, uh, this message still is important because uh, training up kids can go across the board, whether it's your own kids or if it's your nieces or nephews, if it's your friend's kids or neighbor's kids, or if there's a kid that your dog pulls you up to while you're walking along the road. There's still interactions that happen, and understanding why it's important to teach them and train them um, is still really beneficial in your life. So, so stay tuned even if, if you don't feel like you're in that phase of life yet. Um, but I want to start off today by reading through Colossians 3. Um, and we've been spending, uh, we, we've gone through 
through that passage so far in every week this series, um, and we've challenged you guys as a church to memorize these. It, it's so helpful to have these words on your heart. Uh, we believe that in your interactions, to have these words that you can just pull from memory, um, I think are so important in our lives. So I want to continue to challenge you. Keep on that. If you haven't started yet, you still have time. Um, you don't need to know it word for word, but having having this scripture just on your minds is so helpful. So I want to encourage you guys again on that, but we're going to jump right into it. Um, Colossians 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with you in Christ, or with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of things such as these. Anger, rage, malice, evil des- er, sl- slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of the creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all else, put these virtues, or, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with the gratitude of your heart. And whatever you do, whether it be in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting with the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they may become discouraged. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Jesus Christ you are serving. Anyone who does you wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. 
So I think it is so important to have those words on our hearts. But I want to focus today, um, starting off in verse 16 that we just read. It says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach And we're going to focus on that. As you teach and admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Um, And as we focus on children again today, I want to tie in a few of the Proverbs, some of the Proverbs we've already read through um, in our devotions. But some of them speak on what it means to raise kids, what it means to teach them, and why those things are important. Um, But I want to start off um, with two things, why it's important and and what the benefits are to raising and teaching your kids up in the way they should go, in the right way. And when I say in the right way, it's, I'm referring to the biblical way, uh, what it means for God to uh, teach them, what it looks like for us as parents to look, look to God for what it what it means to guide them and teach them in their lives. So this first one comes from Proverbs 29, verse 17. It says this, Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights of your desire. Uh, So what we see is that um, by teaching them, by disciplining them, there we get our own peace of mind and joy. As parents, we get our own peace of mind and joy. Um, And I think to an instance, um, How many of you as parents or maybe you just got to ride along were able to be in a car as a young man or young woman started to learn how to drive? Or maybe it was in a field or a back road. Um, But as you're teaching them how to drive, there can be some terrifying moments, right? As being in a car with someone young who's just starting to learn how to drive. Um, And as they're going through student, uh, student drivings, through the teachings of it, Um, It is important as you're sitting in the car next to them to instruct them on the ways that they should go. If they're running red lights, um, you should instruct them that we shouldn't be doing those things. That's not how we obey traffic laws, right? If they're texting or driving, you step in. There is discipline in that. If you, you would probably say if you see your kid texting and driving, if you continue that, I'm going to take your keys away from you. This, This isn't okay. This isn't something that we are going to allow to do. Because discipline is a good thing. Um, And what you'll find is, and I've heard this from parents, after they allow their kids to drive for the first time on their own, after they get the official license that when they're 16 and they go off, there's a lot of fear that comes with that. But if you've instructed them, if you've taught them in the right ways of what it means to obey traffic laws and not to run red lights and to not text and drive, um, there does come a sense of peace. Um, because you've given them what they need for that road. Um, we, if we don't do that, we, we allow dangers into their life. If we don't instruct them in the right way, if we don't discipline them, we allow those kinds of dangers in their life. Um, and that leads into this next proverb that speaks on our kids' honor and their well-being. It says this out of Proverbs 23. Do not withhold discipline from your child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Um, and there's language in there that it, it gets confusing with the rod. Like, what, what does that mean? But we've talked on discipline already. And, and if you want to take a look at that, feel free to do that. But I want to focus on the result of the punishment, the result of disciplining your children. Um, it says twice, they will not die. It'll save them from death. Um, and if we 
look back to the, the driving uh, illustration, if we don't stop our kids from going through red lights, if we don't discipline them if they do that, if we don't instruct them that it is not okay to text and drive, uh, we, we are opening up the door to things that could happen. See, if, if we instruct them, if we discipline them, we are saving them from death. Proverbs speaks to this. What does it mean to save them from those things? See, this discipline is for their own good. This is for their well-being. So the question is, what does this look like? What, what can we do from those things? If we realize that disciplining and teaching them are good things, what does that even mean in our lives? Um, and I want to start off by answering that question by looking at Proverbs 4. And it says this, Listen, my son, this is out of 4, verse 1 through 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. So what I get out of that is we need to teach and instruct them. And I think today, sometimes, especially in this culture, we live in a day and age where we want to allow our kids freedom. I think there's many parents out there who want to be best friends even with their kids. That They want to allow them to experience life, that they don't teach and instruct them of their values um, that are committed. And, and when I say values, I want to say again, biblical values, the things that we hold dear um, to the biblical truths. Uh, we live in a day and age that we sometimes allow kids to kind of figure these things out on their own. Um, but as we were talking through this message and as I was thinking about values, what the conversation we had is if, if we as parents, um, if we as aunts or uncles or other, other people to teach into our kids' lives, if we're not teaching them and if we're not instructing them, somebody else is. Somebody else is giving, is, has their ears attention. Um, this can be teachers. I mean, good or bad. Um, they could be getting their words or their values from uh, the media. Uh, it could be from celebrities. It could be other friends. But here's the truth. If we're not giving them the truth, if we're not explaining our values and saying this this is what the Bible says, and these are the instructions in it, and this is how we are to live our lives. Somebody else is doing those things. It all comes back to values. It all comes about back to the Christian biblical values. Do, so here's a question. Do they know what you believe? I think we also live in a society where um, we, we as parents, I've seen a lot of parents just tell their kids what the right thing is. This is what's right. Um, and then sometimes they see their parents living a completely different lifestyle or they don't, the parents don't actually walk with them in those conversations. And one thing I've seen time and time again as I was a youth pastor and kids would go off to college, if they didn't know why they should believe in the things they believe, why they should value their parents' values, and they go off to college and they hear a professor who speaks really wisely, who who knows, seems to know all the right answers, um, who has a lot of debate knowledge of how to prove somebody else wrong, he may be speaking ill of what 
your parents or what you as parents have taught, what your values are and what biblical values mean. Um, so sometimes I've seen kids go off to college and come back with completely different values that they left with primarily because they didn't know how to back up what they learned. They may know what your values are, but if they don't know why you value those things or where to find the information about why those things are important or why those things matter to God, um, they're, they're going to get lost at college by all the information that comes around them. See, we live in a world that often tells. But what would it, like, what would it look like for us to start showing, start living that kind of life? Um, and that jumps right into my next one, in training them. If we, if we know what our values are, we can't just tell them. We need to train them up in those va- very values. And that comes from Proverbs 22, verse 6. And it says this, Train up a child in the way he or she should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I, and I want to preface this again. There's, these are Proverbs. There are great parents out there who have trained their kids up in the way they should go, and yet their kids have departed from it. Um, But I want to set you up for success as much as possible. And these things, if we stick to them, give our kids the best chance of knowing what our values are and what they mean. So train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, I remember experience when I was in high school, um, many of you know I didn't have much luck with sports throughout school, but by senior year of high school, I found a sport that you don't need to be coordinated in. I started running cross country because I looked down at my legs and thought, they're long, so they should be good for something. So I started running cross country, and uh, my senior year, I remember, and in cross country, you know the one thing you do is run. You just, you just run, run all the time. That's what you do for practice. That's what you do at meets. You just go out and run. So it wasn't a surprise when our coach one day uh, would just tell us, okay, you need to go run this route. You guys are going to do eight miles today or whatever mileage it was. And then um, I need you back by this time. And our coach at that time would just kind of sit at the start and sit at the finish and he'd time people as they'd come in um, and uh, then we'd go. We'd take off and everyone would go. And there was, I bet, about half the team that would find shortcuts and then walk the shortcuts and kind of time it out where, okay, I see the people who would be behind me coming, so now I'm going to start running and time myself right in there so the coach will never know any difference. Uh, There was even an instance where the salmon were running in the creek at Zealand and they started fishing. I was like, what? Why are you fishing during practice? But, but that being said, our coach never watched. Our coach said, go and do those, these things, and I will see you at the end of it. Um, that didn't leave a good impression on very many people at all. You see, I also had a coach um, in soccer when I was quite a bit younger that uh, after a game where we were all winded, I don't think we did very well, he said, we need to build endurance. Um, it's time that we take the next step because we don't have the endurance. We need to keep up with these teams. So he said, we're going to run a lot today. Um, and what he did is he didn't stay at the sideline and blow his whistle and say, go. He said, okay, let's go. And he takes off. Um, and the whole team followed with, without any grunting or groaning. And I think it's because he started leading. 
He started training and he started walking along with us, even though he wasn't playing in the game. He was a coach. He was on the sidelines, but he showed he was in it with us. He was there training with us. He found it so important enough that he took his own time to say, no, I'm going to be in the grunt and I'm going to be in the grind with you guys in this very moment. See, I think as parents, um, what we need to realize quite quickly is that that is how the training should look in our lives. And I'm not saying training for basketball. That y- y- and those are great things. If uh, the kid is excelling in basketball, yeah, go out, spend some time shooting hoops with them. But I'm talking biblical values. What does it mean to live life with your kids? What does it mean to live life with the kids around you, with your nieces and nephews, so that they understand the values that you have? What does it look like for you to continue to walk with them, to be in those hard questions that they're asking, and to be someone that they're willing to bring up those hard questions with? Training with them, being in the grind with them. And also, um, I think training means putting the reps in, right? You don't see um, people who run or train for a 5K go out out and run once and say, yep, that's good enough, and then months later they they can go out and run a 25K. That, That just doesn't happen. It takes endurance. It takes putting time in for training. And if we look at our kids and we want them to be raised with these biblical values that that we see in Proverbs, that we see in Colossians, throughout this whole Bible, um, it's going to take reps. It's not going to be a once. You just give them the Bible and say, read this and good luck. Right? Get into the Word of God with them. Spend the time with them looking through what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to make disciples. Uh, be in the grind with them. See, I uh, just got a chance to go on a vacation, and as I was on vacation, I try and read a book. Um, and the book I read um, had a guy who was training for the Olympics. Um, fascinating book. Um, he didn't actually end up getting to go to the Olympics because he uh, was drafted for World War II. But in the first part of the book, it talked about all the things it took uh, for him to train. Um, his brother was doing the training for him, and he was one of the biggest projected uh, guys for the mile run at that time. He was supposed to be the first uh, male to ever break the barrier of four minutes in a mile. And I'm like, oh my word, I, it's just crazy to me. But the training that he had to do was so intense. I mean, this, this was years of training to lead up for this one moment. And even looking at Olympic athletes today, um, for the ones who are training for the long distances especially, you see that they um, start training, they start slowly and then move up and they kind of time themselves of when they're going to peak at the right moment for that race day. Um, Their lives are revolved around this training aspect. Uh, Many of them who are very serious about the Olympics don't, don't necessarily even have a job outside of them constantly training. It's their life revolves around it. We're talking they eat the right things because if they don't eat the right things, it'll maybe put some extra pounds on. Um, They eat the right things. They train at the right times. Uh, For some Olympic athletes, it's, it's just nuts to me, they will spend years and tons of time into training for a 30 second race. 
Right? There's some of them who are in the 100-meter dash, and they go in for a 30-second race. That is what they're training for, and that's what they spend so much time on. See, what? it's all for one, one moment, and it's all for one day. So the question I have is, when I think about that, and when I, when I tie it to the training of what it means to train our kids up in the way they should go, what would it look like if we trained in that kind of a, in, in that kind of a mindset? If we thought our lives, our eternal lives were so important that it meant everything. That our lives were revolved around training our kids up for that one moment. You see, I think as we look through the Proverbs, um, what we need to realize is there comes a moment when we need to decide if, if we're serious about training. If we're going to take, throw on a whistle, if we're going to put on our running shoes and our training gear and say, okay, training up my child in the way they should go matters to me. Uh, because I don't want them being influenced with what the world has to say, with what the media has to say, what some teachers have to say. Uh, I care about what they learn in the Bible. I want them to have the values and the vision for what the Bible speaks into their lives. I want my kid to be someone who goes up to someone and has conversations about Jesus. I want them to be raised in a way where they're not afraid to make disciples. I want them to not question the beliefs that they, they have about who God is and why he is who he is and the things that and how that matters in our lives. And the only, only way we can get to that point for our kids to have that kind of a mindset is by training. And it's by training hard. It's being constantly in their lives, spending time with them in the Word. We, we talked in the beginning what it means to live that kind of a lifestyle, to model those things, to be in the Word with them, to be in the grind with them. See, here's the deal. For Olympic athletes, they are in it constantly. That is what their life looks like. Um, they eat, sleep, and breathe the, for their one job. I think as parents, we should be looking at our kids with a very similar mindset. Um, and hear these words again, not from me, but from the word of God. We have a responsibility as parents to look to our kids and say, how am I going to raise up the values that we find in the Bible, that we find in the Word of God, so that we can set you up for success? What I know is that it's not easy. Um, sometimes, if you look at athletes, there are moments where they fail. They go on a run that does not go well. Um, they have moments where they fail and they eat something they're not supposed to. That, that's going to happen when we're raising kids. But if we are teaching them, if we're raising them and instructing them in the ways they should go, they're going to come back and have those conversations with us. Say, hey, this didn't go as I thought. What does this mean? And how do I move on from this? Parents, anyone who has conversations with kids or instructs them in any way, we have such a responsibility. We have a responsibility to teach them up in the way they should go. And for us, that looks like spending time with them, looking at our values and saying, okay, what does this mean for me to teach them those values and how can we find that in the word of God? 
um, and taking our own selfish motives of saying, I want you to be this someday, but actually taking that out and saying, what does God want you to be? And how do we find that in your lives? Um, I think we can drastically change the relationship we have with our kids um, and the trajectory that they have with their relationship with God if we really focus on what it means to train. Um, Because I know in my life, as I look down at my seven-month-old, I'm already thinking, okay, what what does training look like? Uh, Because I do want to be serious about this. I do want to be serious about Grow, having her grow up to be a strong woman of God who doesn't question the values of what the Bible says. Um, there may be times where she has questions about the Bible, and I want to be someone she comes to with those questions, and I want to look to the Bible for those answers. So I hope, as, as we continue this, as you look at the kids around you, that you think about what does it mean for us to train up these kids so that they know God and they want to make him known. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. Um, And we thank you for the kids around us. Um, Whether we have kids or not of our own, I ask that as we think about the lives and the kids who are closest to us, that you help point to how we should be training them up in the way they should go. Because we understand it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be hard times. But I ask that you help us show them how to live lives that are pleasing to you. I ask that as we put on our training gear um, to look at their lives, that they, they jump in with us and they're ready to run the race for you. God, we ask this all in your name we pray. Amen. I think back to the coach who ran the race with us, who, who tried to do the endurance stuff with us. Um, I think not only did we run hard for him because his eyes were on us, but we knew that he was in the grind with us. It was also going to prevent us from doing anything that we weren't supposed to be doing because we knew that he was there with us. Um, if you have relationships with kids, whether you're a parent or a niece or have nieces or nephews, in any aspect, I strongly encourage you, what does it look to live life differently with your kids? What does it look like to put on that whistle, to put on that training gear and say, this matters. Uh, your relationship with God matters. The values that are in the Bible matter and need to be a part of your life. Um, I think that is such a huge deal and can completely change the way our kids interact with us um, and how they interact with the world. So go with this final blessing. As you do those things, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, go in peace. Have a great week.